Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Truth and Liberty welcomes you, and I begin tonight's program with some of the greatest words that humans could ever hear. Luke 2, verse 7. The Word of God says this regarding Mary and the baby Jesus. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Mary brought forth her firstborn, a son, and that son, the baby Jesus, would ultimately go to Calvary's cross and be our Savior. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Alex here and so honored that you're, you're watching. We have a great show tonight. Tonight is going to inspire you we believe tonight is going to equip you, motivate, and get you engaged to walk with Jesus and make a difference for the sake of the gospel. Now, I've got a very special guest you'll meet in just a few moments, but I want to acknowledge what a joy it is because I'm not 1,800 miles away. I'm on set. I'm at Truth and Liberty here at Karis Bible College and Andrew Womack Ministries in Colorado, and it's just great to be here. And we've got such a very special crew and staff that puts it all together and makes it happen. And we're very honored that you, the viewer, are watching. Now, as you know, we take calls later on in the show. You'll have an opportunity to ask questions of our guest, and we'll bring our guest up in just a moment. But I do want to make you aware of some really special things going on. Now listen very carefully. Uh, tonight's program, After Truth and Liberty is done in an hour, you don't want to step away. I want you to please keep your screen on if you're watching online at truthandliberty.net because tonight is very, very special. Our uh, esteemed founder, Andrew Womack, is in Washington, D.C., and tonight is going to get a very special award. Now, listen to this. The National Association of Christian Lawmakers, which is happening like right now, uh, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mike Johnson, is going to give a keynote speech and receive a, a Patriot Award for Christian honor and courage, but then Andrew Womack, of Andrew Womack Ministries, founder of Truth and Liberty, founder of Karis Bible College, prolific author, beloved Bible teacher the world over, Andrew Womack is going to receive the George Washington Lifetime Christian Leader Award. Now that's going to happen right after the program concludes in a, a few moments. So you won't want to miss it. So stay tuned and we'll all rejoice together as Andrew gets this award. And we give God the glory. I know he does too, but I think it's a well-deserved award. And that's all taking place at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Now, a couple of other things. This is so exciting. Speaking of Andrew, coming up Sunday, December 10th, if you happen to be in the Colorado area, Colorado Springs, and we're technically in Woodland Park, but Colorado Springs is just moments from here, on the courthouse steps, Sunday afternoon, 2 to 3 p.m., 
mountain time. There's going to be a rally for Israel. And if you're in this region, come. I'm going to be there. Andrew is, is the speaker. Andrew's going to speak 2 p.m., 2 to 3 p.m. mountain time this Sunday, December 10. And uh, the details are on awmi.net, uh, awmi.net. And of course, being December now, the heart of Christmas. It's just amazing. December 8, 9, and 10. And if you've never seen Elizabeth Murin's theatrical productions and just dozens and dozens of cast members, amazing scenery, amazing production values, incredible music, it will be the Christmas pageant that you will never forget. And the heart of Christmas, you can uh, get tickets at awmi.net. It's uh, 7 p.m. Friday, December 8th. Now, December 9th and 10th, there are matinees, 2 p.m and then 3 p.m. on Sunday. And so uh, you don't want to miss the heart of Christmas. A lot more, and I'll give some more announcements here in the, the context of the program. But I've had the privilege in the last few moments, and she's remote uh, on uh, camera, Shiloh Mayo is just a fascinating person, and we want you to meet her. She's the author of a great book, Floating Zoo. We're going to hear about that. She also leads a ministry, Grow and Glow Life, and her website, shilohester.com, spelled like E-S-T-H-E-R, the biblical character Esther, Shiloh, S-H-L-O-H, Esther.com. We've got a lot to talk about, but I want to say Merry Christmas, Shiloh, and welcome to Truth and Liberty. Merry Christmas, Reverend uh, McFarland. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited and so honored to be here. Now you are uh, at a place where there's snow on the ground. Uh, tell us about where you are, and then then I want to I want to hear about where you grew up. But where are you uh, videoing in from right now? So I am in the trenches of Minnesota. And thankfully, we haven't had a lot of snow yet. Uh, we are still in the icing stage. Um, we're not in the, not quite in the trenches yet, but I am originally from a little country in Southern Africa called Zimbabwe. Wow. Uh, well, that's, you know, we were talking before the show about South Africa, which is very special to both of us, but um, Zimbabwe, tell us about growing up there. What was that like? Absolutely. You know, uh, Zimbabwe has gone through many phases, stages, transitions, and seasons. And uh, we are considered a third world country. And we have had a lot of uh, political, you know, challenges over oh. the last, you know, 40 or so years. And um, one thing though that stands out about the nation of Zimbabwe is we are a people who know how to pray. Amen. People that know how to seek the face of God, you know, despite opposition despite um, you know challenges that may present themselves we always turn to the Lord um, and that's one notable thing about the nation of Zimbabwe amen amen you know uh, Shiloh it was my privilege to make several trips to Africa and my wife has gone to Africa more than me on medical mission she's uh, in nursing. But I remember uh, I was in Zimbabwe briefly in 2008. And the thing that did touch my heart, the people there, they love the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And, and in a way, I think it's different than America in that. And I want you to comment on this. 
when the Lord Jesus is all you've got and you don't have the props and the, you know, the, the, the wealth of a, of a first world country, you're right. They know how to seek the face of God. And in a way, I've got to tell you, it was very convicting because uh, the Christians in South Africa, Zambia, Zimbabwe, they've got a, a trust uh, in Jesus that I think we Americans would do well to, to learn about. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, the Bible talks about how much harder it is for a rich man to enter you know, the kingdom of God because of the mm -hmm. abundance of what he has. Um, you know, things are good and it's good to be blessed and it's good to be prosperous and to have things, you know, and God wants us to have things, but he doesn't want things to have us. You know? Amen. And a huge thing um, coming from Zimbabwe was learning to completely put your trust in God, you know, at times where you don't have health insurance, you know, not because you can't afford it, but maybe it's not even available in the entire country um, where, you know, there's no gas at all the gas stations in the entire country. And you have to walk to church. You have to walk to work. You have to walk your kids to school and maybe school is 15, 20, 25 miles away, you know. Mm. And, you know, where I, I remember a time when I was in Zimbabwe, when we went through some challenges where um, there were a lot of food shortages in the country. And I remember literally walking into the grocery store and I mean, it was the entire, all the aisles in the store were just full of toilet paper and cleaning supplies. There was no food, mm. you know? And, you know, in times like that, you have to learn to trust God and you still have to get up on Sunday and go to church and worship God, you Amen. know, in spite of not having all of the comforts and the things that you're used to. Um, so. I, I consider it a privilege to have grown up there um, because it taught me to put more confidence in, in God than in anything that I could ever have. Amen. And when God is all you have, you find out that really deep down God is all you need. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, because when all is said and done, you know, um, all of these things will pass away, you know, and we are going to have to stand before the Lord and everything that can be shaken, even in the season that we're in right now in the body of Christ. There are so mm. many shakings that are going on and everything that can be shaken is being shaken, you know, yeah. but the one thing that stands firm in our lives is our, you know, is the presence of God and our relationship with you. You know, um if you had a word, and there's some, so many things that I want to talk about, and folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Shiloh Mayo of Grow and Glow Life. Uh, and if you've got a question, folks, we're going to go to the phones in a few moments. The number, you might want to write this down, it's 719-619-2341. And uh, you'll, you'll want to ask questions of this, uh, I believe, wise woman of God. And so we'll get to questions eventually. But Shiloh, I've got to ask you this. Um, do you have a word for the American church? And I love, the, I love America. I love American people. I love the church in America. But, you know, very often in my travels, um, they'll fly me in to speak, but they'll say, now, remember, don't go past 12. In fact, stop at 1155 if you can. And we've, you know, for the sermon, we've got you 17 minutes, Alex. So please don't go beyond that. Um, 
What would the Zimbabwe Christians say to the hurry up, fast paced, never have time for God church in America? What, what, what would they say? Or do you have a word on your heart, Shyla? Uh, I think we're <laughs> in a season where it's time to stop, um, to stop being satisfied with experiencing a fast food um, or a drive-through experience of the presence of God. You know, mm. when you go to the fast food restaurant, you're gonna go to the drive-through and your food is gonna be ready in two and a half, three minutes. Um, but when you go and you sit down at a, you know, restaurant and you're having a five course meal, it's gonna take time for the meal to be prepared. It's gonna take time for you to fully experience that meal and to interact with the other people that you're partaking of that meal with. And I think we're in a season where God is searching our hearts and wanting us to come back to, you know, to that, that, that place with him, that place of intimacy with him and to that place where we're willing to, to stop just being satisfied with a fast food experience, you know, of his presence. Because uh, as you know, fast food is not, it's not good for you. It doesn't, you know, it's not nutritious. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Know? So um, I believe we're in a season where, you know, it's, it's time for us to stop being satisfied with experiencing milk yeah. um, and partake of, of meat, you know, the meat of the word, the meat of the presence of God. How did the Lord work in your life to bring you to these, these realizations? Because you, um, you are, I believe you're wise beyond your years. Tell us how you, you came to Jesus and how the Lord worked in you to help you have these, these priorities. Cause you've, you've got the right priorities. Tell us about this journey, Shiloh. Absolutely. Um, so from the time that I was a child, I would have encounters with angels and I didn't realize what was happening to me. I even had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ you know, where I would have dreams and visions. And a lot of times I would see things before they happened. Mm -hmm. um, like my parents would say that I, I would see something, you know, in my sleep, I'd have a dream and then I would say something. And then maybe two weeks later, you know, whatever it was that I saw in my dream would, would happen, um, you know? So I didn't fully have an understanding of what was happening to me. Um, I joke about how I was raised by a bunch of heathens. Uh, my parents were not pastors, but um, when I came to know the Lord, it was actually a friend of mine from high school who had a dream about me. Um, and basically the Lord spoke to her just about me in the dream. And through that supernatural experience, I was able to come to know the Lord. Mm. Um, and from the time that I came to know the Lord, uh, you know, the those experiences heightened, you know, in my life. Um, so I think because I've had a lot of supernatural experiences and visitations and encounters with the Lord, um, I do not doubt, you know, that the presence of God is real, you know. Amen. You, you, you know, I, I really agree. And, and I've seen the Lord do miraculous things. 
And really, for a born-again believer, let me, let me just say this, folks. Salvation begins when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You're born again. By the way, if you're watching and, you know, Shiloh and I are talking about being saved and walking with Jesus and having encounters with God, uh, folks, this is real. And if you're, if you're wanting more information or you're need, you need prayer yourself or you need to talk to somebody and say, I want to know that I have Christ in my life... We have a number and look, no strings attached. We just want to spiritually encourage you. But that number, if you need prayer, it's 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. And this, this miraculous experience with Jesus Christ who loves you, uh, this can begin in your life as well. Shiloh, what you're saying, I, I want you to elaborate on the fact that the supernatural the supernatural part of life, um, this is not just rare for the Christian, for the one who has a relationship with the true and living God. I mean, this is just part of what's normal for a Christian, isn't it? Amen. It, it totally is. And, you know, God wants to, um, like a good example is what's happening right now in the Middle East, you know, with what happened with Israel and Hamas, that there have mm. been reports that there, there are hundreds, you know, of, of uh, people from, the Pal from Palestine that have been having visitations from, you know, the Lord Jesus in their sleep. You know, God, oh, yeah. He wants to, you know, to, to meet with us. He wants to reveal His presence to us. Um, I think a lot of times we're just distracted by the cares of life um, or and one of the biggest distractions sometimes is fear, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, because, you know, faith and fear can't they can't live together. They can't be roommates. So right. <laughs> yeah. well said. And, and so, yes, um, talk about not being fearful. And, and letting the Lord have all of your life. And folks, let me say this. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the Holy Spirit has been working in your life, all of your life, uh, making you aware of things, uh, drawing you to Christ. Talk about, if you would, Shiloh, how we should welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit, not resist or fear. Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing is acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is a person and that he wants to he wants to be a part of everything that you do um, and a part of everything that you are. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're married, you know, and you start living with your husband or your wife, you know, you start to do everything together. You're living together. You're sharing you know, a, a bedroom, you're sharing a closet, you, you know, you start doing everything together. So um, I feel like the, the Holy Spirit shouldn't be somebody you just go to when you're in a crisis and you need help, but your fellowship with him should be daily, that he should be a part of everything that you do. You know, I personally can't do anything without him, you know, even in preparing for this interview, um, you know, I was praying and I was saying, Holy Spirit, help me, give me wisdom, give me understanding, um, help me to be sensitive to your presence and to whatever it is that you want to say to whoever is watching this. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he, he wants to be a part of everything, you know, in your life and everything that you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what's, uh, what is God's word 
for females, especially born-again Christian women. Uh, in, in our culture here in the Western world, and of course in the United States of America, um, Shiloh, I, I think Satan has so deeply wounded people. D Satan has distorted gender, male and female, uh, marriage, human sexuality. And we know John 10.10, 10, the Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what would God's Word for, for people today be, and with your, your wisdom and experience, especially to women, in a world of distortions and lies, what is God's word for women? I think it's desire to know who you are in Christ, um, not who you are, uh, you know, based on your identity as a wife or as a mother mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever role or capacity that God has called you, but just who you are, like, who are you? Um, who are you in Christ? Um, and what is your what is your identity in him? How does he see you? You know, because sometimes we go through life seeing ourselves through our experiences, seeing ourselves through something that somebody said or didn't say to us, but we are not called to see ourselves that way, you know, because the word of God says we're created in his image. You know, we're image bearers of Christ. So I think a big thing and a huge problem with the identity crisis in this country is there are so many things that are trying to define your identity for you, and yet your identity should be in Christ. Amen. Amen. And, yeah, we live in, in the world of, of selfies and, you know, uh, social media videos and things like that. I was just reading an article how all around the world uh, people are, you know, people die. They try to get up on, like, the top of a building and get a selfie. And... Uh, there's a lot of depression, and I want you to speak to this in a moment, but especially among young people, uh, I was reading how if they don't get enough likes or enough clicks, they get depressed because, you know, they, they want the video or the social media post that gets the biggest number of shares. So they've, they've got to do more and more dangerous things. You know, somebody got on the roof of a building to get a selfie. Well, I've got to do more. I'll climb up on a radio antenna. And there have been a lot of people that have been injured or even killed because their self-worth, they think, comes from how many likes they get. And speak to us about how we can get off of that treadmill, especially young people, and, and understand, hey, uh, you got the best like in the world. Jesus says, whosoever comes to me, I will receive. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think sometimes, and I've been guilty of this too in my life, where your self-esteem is wrapped up in the approval of somebody else. Um, you know, instead of focusing on the fact that the, the work of Christ is finished, you know, it's not pending. There isn't 30% more to, to be done. It's finished, you know. And because it is finished, you know, whoever he says you are, it's a done deal. You know, you don't have Amen. to try and impress anybody or to be something that you're not or to live up to people's expectations because, you know, people can feel one way about you today, but tomorrow they're going to expect something else and you're never going to be enough in their eyes. But... In God's eyes, you're, you're enough. 
you know, and, and if anything, his strength is perfected in, in our weakness, you know. Um, so, you know, it kind of goes back to the point that I made about identity that, you know, um, it's important for you to find out, okay, who did God create me to be? Like, why am I here? You know, and then everything that you do and the way that you live your life should be mapped around that, you know, not what somebody expects of you or what culture, you know, thinks mm. you should be. So, uh, yeah, the the performance based conditional love, um, you know, what a what a burden to always mm -hmm. feel like you've got to perform and there's never that guarantee of unconditional love. So I, I want to ask you this. Uh, many churches are struggling with how to attract young people, um, and especially like 20-somethings. And so uh, we're living in a world where a lot of people don't grow up knowing their mother and father, uh, broken families. I think a lot of young people, maybe they've, they're suspect of the heavenly father because they've never had a good relationship with their earthly father. What, what could you say to churches that they might do to try to build a bridge to, to bring in younger people, young adults, so that they can hear about the love of Jesus and all that is in a relationship with Christ? Uh, I think a big thing with young people is they can tell the real from the fake um, because I, I know this is just from observation um, with a lot of young people that I know is they're looking for uh, an encounter that's real. They're looking for relationships and associations that are that are very real. You know, they're not looking for anything that's plastic or um, that's manufactured or that's cookie cutter. They just want a real and a raw experience, you know, of the presence of God. And another thing is honesty and transparency. You know, mm -hmm. I think you know, a mistake that I see often is, um, you know, trying to paint Christianity in a certain way and then expecting young people to live up to that, you know, unrealistic um, expectation instead of being transparent and just saying, listen, I struggled with this. I failed here. I did this wrong, you know, so that that young person can find, you know, a space where they can relate. You know, yeah, because um, yeah, I think a big thing with young people is, you know, they look at how how things are in the church. You know, you have to be a certain way. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. And there's like a long list of of rules and regulations, but there isn't really an opportunity for them to to grow, you know, into into a certain space and to mature and to come out of something. Um, yeah, so I, I really feel like transparency is big. Um, and I say that also because a lot of the companies, um, secular companies that young people are drawn to and that they give to or, you know, that they follow on social right, media right. are companies that are, you know, they're transparent. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very relatable. They're very real. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, th this is so good because Christianity is not that we improve ourselves and we got to get cleaned up. And then we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus just as we are. And it's not that uh, I, I know there, there's a very famous news uh, guy in America, Bill Maher. 
And he said this, and my, my heart really broke. He said, um, Christians are a group who think they're going to heaven because they're better than everybody else. Mm. And that's not it at all. In fact, we know that we're not better than anybody. We're sinners, but we need a savior. And so I think we've got to really, like you say, I think you're right on, on target. Be transparent mm -hmm. and, and, and be real and relatable. And if, we, if we're real and relatable, we'll be relevant. Now we've got a brief break, uh, Shiloh. Uh, I want you to give your website again, and then we're gonna come back, we're gonna take calls. Folks, this is important. You've got an opportunity to converse with um, an amazing woman of God. Shiloh, what's your website? Uh, it's shilohesta.com, so that, that's S-H-I-L-O-H-E-S-T-H-E-R.com. And the book you wrote, what's the book title? It's called The Floating Zoo, and it's uh -huh. a humorous story about Noah's Ark. And the it's available on Amazon. Okay, on Amazon. Well, folks, this is Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here, so glad you're watching. Stay tuned. We've got a brief break. Your calls, your questions, and more. Don't go away. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God, long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey everybody, Richard Harris here. I wanted to let you know that the Truth and Liberty live call-in show is now on Twitter. You can watch us there at 3.30 Mountain Time, 5.30 Eastern Time, five days a week. Just go and follow us on Twitter at Truth and Liberty Co. That's C-O. And remember, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So don't miss out. Watch us live on Twitter. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Hey, we've got a great night. There's a lot going on. And let me just make you aware of the Truth and Liberty website, truthandliberty.net. Now, I want you to do, do me a favor, if you would, tell your friends about it. Share this with your circle of, of people because there's so many resources. I was on the Truth and Liberty website a couple of days ago, and I'm just amazed at what Richard Harris has put together and all of his staff. There are valuable resources. There's a 24-hour news feed. There uh, voter, uh, I voter guide and just great political insights. And so truthandliberty.net, uh, you, you want to bookmark that. Now you can go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe and any of the press releases and Richard sends out emails uh, multiple times a month. You'll get that if you're a subscriber. Let me also ask you to consider supporting Truth and Liberty as, as 
People are engaged and informed. It's, it's like this, inform, inspire, mobilize, dispatch. There's a growing movement of people that love God and country and truth and liberty is a tool the Lord is using to help equip lives. So if you would consider becoming a, a partner with Truth and Liberty. Go to truthandliberty.net slash donate. If you would give a recurring gift of at least $5 a month, and, and we would ask that you give the most generous gift you could give, you'll become a partner with us, and together God will use us to touch lives for the gospel, for biblical worldview, and ultimately, it's all praise and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Truthandliberty.net slash donate. One final thing, if you need prayer, you want to talk to somebody and from an open Bible, we'll show you God's Word for your situation. You can call 719-635-1111. Now we're back with our guest Shiloh Moyo. I accidentally pronounced your name incorrectly in the first segment, but you're very gracious. Shiloh Moyo. I've got to ask you this, and we're going to go to calls. Um, how did you get to America? Uh, at, at what age did you come to the USA, Shiloh? Um, so I've been here about 13 or 14 years now, uh, but my parents went to school in America. Uh, my mm. father actually went to an Ivy League um, university. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did grow up with somewhat American values. Um, yeah. So that was nice because I knew about Thanksgiving and some of the other holidays because we would celebrate them even in Africa. Um, and But I was actually, you know, I had plans to go to Australia uh, mm -hmm. and I was planning, you know, either to go there or to, to Europe. But the Lord kept speaking to me about coming to America and it's like all the other doors elsewhere closed and this was the only one that was left open. So. Right. Well, I, I want to ask about your book and other things, but uh, first I'm going to take our, our first call of the evening. And by the way, the number, if you have a question or comment, it's 719-619-2341. Robert in Florida. Robert, thanks for holding. You're the first caller on tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty. Welcome, Robert. Hi, Alex, and um, hi, Amoyo. Um, you know, as I was listening to both of you converse and, and, you know, take turns talking to each other and listening to what you're saying, it's interesting that right now our country is struggling to hold the Bible, the Holy, the Holy Bible in its hand to, to be the, the one book for all of education's needs and, and, and everything in life is in the book. All the answers are in the book. And I was Amen. just picking that up. And, you know, um, there's, there's somebody who said history belongs to the intercessors. And I think that we, as I've slowed down and I've just started listening, let the Holy Spirit start just leaving impressions and, and sharing with me that the, that moment of being still with God has revealed that there is there's all these intercessors who are out there praying. And Moyo, you're an intercessor, and I was going to ask you, that being true, history belongs to the intercessors. How do you mm -hmm. see yourself being able to network with other people so that we can be a community of, of people here on just average people who aren't believers and people who, who, want, who don't know that the true sense of our purpose and destiny is in 
what the Word says, and the Holy Spirit reveals it, and we walk it out. And that's why you're an intercessor. That's why I'm an intercessor. And it it seems so simple, and yet it's like people are just too busy to slow down. And so how do you... How do you do everything that you're supposed to do and still slow down and yet reap this harvest in your life being so busy? Wow. Great, great. Shiloh, yeah. what do you say? Uh, that's a really good question because I've been guilty of just go, 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 busy, busy, busy. Um, but I think, uh, Robert, something that helps to keep me grounded is... Uh, so I saw a difference between coming from Africa and when I first moved here, I thought it was completely normal and that everybody did it. But you'll find that a lot of um, you know, folks that are over from Africa wake up in the middle of the night to pray. And sometimes we mm-hmm. have um, prayer meetings that have thousands of people and they'll wake up whether it's at midnight or it's at three o'clock in the morning or it's at 5 a.m. I mean, there's always prayer going on and it's people coming together um, to fellowship together um, you know to study the word and to seek the face of God and I think it having developed a culture like that has really helped to keep us rooted in the word of God because I know living over here you know you go to bed at night you wake up in the morning you go through your usual routine and then you work all day and you're too busy to read your Bible you're too busy to to spend time with the Lord, um, you know, let alone trying to plan some kind of fellowship where you can meet with other believers and and pray. So Mm. I think uh, something that has really helped is intentionality. Like I know over in Africa, like, you know, we are very persistent about prayer. Amen. Thanking God. It's like you're, it's as if your whole life depends on it. Yeah. Um, Like it's not optional. Um, and another thing that we do a lot is all night prayer, like on Friday nights. So instead of, um, but we don't do it every Friday, it's once a month. But instead of going you know, to the movies every Friday, we set aside one Friday a month where, um, you know, depending on your location, I remember when I was in Dallas, Texas, we had a, uh, we used to go to a, it, it wasn't a mountain, it was more like a hill at a church. Right. And we would go and have all night prayer from 10 o'clock at night until six or seven o'clock in the Amen. morning. And it Shiloh, wasn't like, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I've got a question. I, I want you to explain to people, what is intercession? Because I, I think a lot of people, everybody knows what prayer is, but uh, specifically, what is intercession? Um, so the difference between, uh, there's different levels and different types of prayer. Um, So there's petition prayer where you're asking God for something. So when you get to the level of intercession, you are literally standing in the gap, you know, and praying on behalf of somebody else. Um, So as an intercessor, you're standing in the gap, for example, for the nation of Israel or, you know, for the nation of Kenya or, you know, whatever country that God has put on your heart, uh, you know, and then there's also spiritual warfare you know, where you are going into prayer, you know, and like as a soldier and you're warring against wickedness, um, you know, uh, and then there's also prayer of thanksgiving. So I think a big thing is understanding the different types of prayer. So, you know, you know, at, a, at any given time, 
what, you know, it's kind of like a car where you switch gears. So yes. you know when and how to switch gears if you're driving a manual. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, let me say, folks, in terms of interceding and praying, uh, I think, and the world needs Jesus. Uh, every country needs Christ. But in, our, in my home country of America, we need some Christian intercessors to, in the name of Jesus, bind evil. In the name of Jesus, uh, cast out Satan and, and pray for people to be saved. And Shiloh, I, I think that some of the authority that we have as believers, that in the name of Jesus, by the word of God, binding and loosing and calling out for liberation of souls. Because folks, I mean, look, I don't think I have to persuade you that we're in a time of spiritual wickedness. Oh, my goodness, we're living in a time of just uh, unspeakable evil. And if ever the church should take up the call of intercession and warfare, I mean, Shiloh, we're, we're in those times, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. You know, because life is spiritual first before it's Amen. natural and physical. You yes. know, this body that we live in, it's going to pass away. But... You know, you are a spirit having an experience in a body. So, um, yeah, there's definitely heightened spiritual activity that's going on, um, especially in the times that we're living in. And because the devil knows that his time is short. Amen. He's doing everything that he can to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And uh, as Christians, we have a mandate, you know, to stand in the gap and to be gatekeepers and mm -hmm. to stand up and to say no, you know, because there are certain things that we can't take sitting, um, especially where the things of God are concerned. Well, uh, folks, we're talking with Shiloh Moyo, her website, Shiloh Esther, like the bibl biblical name Esther.com. And we're taking questions 719-619-2341. Uh, you know, I think about where Paul said, you know, God forbid that I should sin by failing to pray for you. We, we're called, what a privilege, but actually a responsibility to be an intercessor. Isn't that right? Yes, yes. I mean, we're all called to intercession. It's not just a group of, you know, people that just don't have anything better to do. Um, but we're all called hmm. to be intercessors. You know, we have been given the authority to to decree a thing and that it yeah. will be so. Amen. You know, we have been given authority to bind, to loose, you know. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard it said that, you know, um, prayer is the nerve that moves the muscle of God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, God is able, but uh, he wants us to pray and call on his name. Uh, folks, we're going to, and Robert, thank you for that great call. We're going to go to Colorado, Randall in Colorado, who is a Keras student and a subscriber to Truth and Liberty. Thanks for holding, Randall. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Alex and uh, Shallow. Um, my question is not as spiritual as someone else's maybe, but you and I, I think we're all on the same page that heaven will be everything the Garden of Eden was intended to be. Yes. And so my question is, with that in mind, when God gave Adam the ability to talk to, or to 
to name the animals, do you think that he was also able to communicate or talk to the animals like has been popularized in the Doolittle books? Well, uh, let me jump in here and then Shiloh, I'll throw it to you. Randall, I absolutely think Adam and Eve could talk to the animals. I really do. Now, uh, let me say this. I've always thought it was interesting in Genesis 3, when the serpent spoke to Eve, um, she didn't, you know, freak out. Like, oh my goodness, a snake is talking. I mean, so apparently animals could talk. And look, the the more highly domesticated animals like your your pet dog or cat, uh, my goodness, animals uh, can be so relatable and we love our pets. And, you know, when we get to heaven and it, it is Eden restored, I think there were a lot of people, C.S. Lewis, one of the great Christian thinkers of the 20th century, he absolutely believed that in, in the new Jerusalem, we would talk and communicate with animals. Uh, but I, what about you, Shiloh? What do you think about that? Are you an animal lover, by the way? I do. Um, I love the little, um, you know, furry critters. Um, yeah. I love uh, the big fuzzy animals like tigers, <laughs> the yeah. dangerous animals. But I, I totally agree. I think because we live in an imperfect world right mm-hmm. now, yeah. but then the perfect is going to come. So I really believe that there are things that we experience here on earth that you know we're not going to experience anymore in heaven, but that everything yeah. in heaven is going to be perfect. So absolutely, I believe that animals will be able to talk to animals. And because I know a lot of people that have had um, dreams about heaven or that have gone to heaven and experienced heaven will tell you that the flowers sing in heaven. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, the, the stars clap their hands for joy. And uh, if we don't praise the Lord, the rocks will cry out, Mm -hmm. You, you know, Tragically, a couple months ago, it was in the news that a, an older gentleman was hiking in Colorado, where we are, and he, he died, apparently, but he was with his dog, and that he was missing. But here's the thing about the, the domestication of animals and pets, and I really think it goes back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve in the garden had what was called the, the Edenic mandate, the the you know, be stewards of the garden. Anyway, this man was hiking and he died, but his dog stayed right by his side 71 days. And when they finally found the gentleman who had passed away, there was his faithful dog who was nearly, nearly starved to death. And they they took the dog and they have nursed him back to health. But I thought how faithful that dog and the man had such a bond that the dog would stay by the man's body for 71 days. But, you know, I think that um, the relationship we have with animals, folks, and I'm a farm boy. I grew up on a farm and we had horses and cows and chickens and dogs. it's, it's in us to interact, and it goes all the way back to the creation. Randall, that was a good question. By the way, folks, the number 719-619-2341, and we've got questions coming in online as well. Um, Shiloh, while we have a moment, I, want, I do want to ask about your book, since we're on the subject of animals, The Floating Zoo, which people can find online, I'm sure. Tell us about this book. 
Sure. So in the middle of the pandemic, I had no plans to write a book, yet let alone a children's book. I had never written a children's book, but the, you know, I I had a bout of inspiration from the Lord, and I wrote the first uh, four lines, and it was like a rhyming story um, from the story of Noah's Ark. So I've never written rhyme. Um, I do come from a musical family, but I, I didn't realize that, you know, whatever it was that I had written, um, it, it was basically written in a certain meter of rhyme, you know, and it made sense. So at the time, I shared it with somebody as a joke because um, I was actually in the middle of trying to delete the sample of what I had written uh, because I recorded an audio of it. So I was trying to delete it from my phone, and then somebody called me. And, you know, we joked about how they interrupted me and called me in the middle of me trying to delete this file from my phone. And they were like, please send me the file. I want to listen to it. Um, so I sent them the file and they played it in front of their whole family. And apparently everybody stopped doing whatever they were doing and said, who is that? Um, so they called me back and said, where's the rest of it? Um, and three years later, here we are. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. That's that's really awesome. And and what is the floating zoo? I think I know, but tell us what is the floating zoo? So the floating zoo is, uh, you know, obviously the ark from Noah's yeah. Ark. Yeah. And I focused more on just the emotions and, you know, what was going through Noah's mind when he was stuck on the ark with all those animals and how he had to trust God, even when he didn't understand. You know, um, it's something that we go through as adults when God calls you to build or to do something that's completely beyond you. You know, um, I don't think they had experienced rain and he had no idea what an ark was, but here comes God, yeah. um, you know, asking him to do something that was so much bigger than himself. And children can relate to that too. So. I really believe it's not just a children's book, but it's a it's a message for the season that we're in. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, where do you where do you like people to go and, and buy the book online or do they go directly to your own website? So for now, it's available on Amazon. Um, so if you just type in the floating zoo Shalomoyo on Amazon, it's available on there. Uh, but soon we plan to have like a coloring book and lots of other interesting things available on the website. Amen. Amen. And you know what? Uh, this could be a teachable moment, folks. I, it would make a good Christmas gift, the floating zoo. Um, Shiloh, every child loves the story of Noah's Ark. And what, what a good resource God's allowed you to create to uh, impart biblical truth to young people. I, I commend you. Wow. No, glory to God. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunity and um, the vision behind my writing is to help little ones fall in love with the Word of God. Um, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so, uh, we've got several questions that are coming in online. By the way, if you want to call in with a telephone question, uh, we'll, we'll take your call as well. Um, somebody asked, can animals show spiritual qualities such as love, compassion, and faithfulness. What do you say to that, Shiloh? Wow, that's a that's a tough one. I I would hate to speak 
for God, I would say, <laughs> I would say you'll have to ask the Lord about that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because when animals do, you know, pass away, um, you know, they're not there anymore. Like something does leave their body. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Because I've never thought about that. Uh, can, uh, a viewer emails in, can animals show spiritual qualities such as love, compassion, and faithfulness? You know, I, I really do think so. Now, this would be a fascinating conversation. The, the extent of the fall, you know, of Genesis 3, sin came into the world, and sadly, Adam and Eve's sin, it did touch the created world, and it, it touches animals uh, as well. But look, I've I know animals can show love. I, I know they really can. Um, in fact, growing up on a farm, uh, even the the not so terribly domesticated animals, like uh, like a, a cow. I remember going to to put grain in the bin, and the cow. Hey, after you put the food in, the cow will start eating. They'll they'll lick your hand, and I know now. May, might think I'm crazy, but it was it was like the cow saying thank you. Isn't that something? And it's amazing. And folks, when we get to heaven, and no, here's a great Christmas song, Joy to the World. No more let sin nor sorrow reign, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his righteousness known far as the curse is found. That's an Isaac Watt hymn we've all sung called Joy to the World. So thank God for animals. And, you know, animals are so special even now, but imagine how special they'll be with Jesus after the curse of sin is, is withdrawn. Now, somebody asked, is Alex a cat person or a dog person? Now, I love both. Now, if you're a frequent watcher, you know, I happen to have been blessed with the world's greatest dog. It's Esther. And sometime we'll put a photo of Esther on the screen, but uh, I have a cat, Alexa, too. Um, but Shiloh, do you have a pet? Do you have any animals, Shiloh? I don't. I did when I was growing up, but I haven't yeah. had one since I, I moved to America. I used to have dogs. I yeah. had four dogs. But oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so riding the floating zoo, do you have a favorite animal? I would say the hippos and the giraffes. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, because one of the things I write about in the book is the giraffes thought they were going on the ark with their, you know, their giant floats and their enormous hats and sunglasses that, you know, they were, they were going on vacation. Yeah. Uh, they didn't realize how serious this was. And then you have the, the giraffes that are writing a letter to Noah and it's a letter of complaint because they're concerned about the lions being on the ark too. So. <laughs> wow. What a fascinating book. You have written a, a fascinating work here, the floating zoo. Um, and you know, my mind, there's like a dozen questions that I want to ask about a number of subjects, but right now we're going to continue with telephone calls. We're going to go to Francine. Francine has called in and welcome to the program and our very special guest, Shiloh Moyo. Well, hello. Thank you so much for taking my call. And Shiloh, I just want to say, I just sense such a peaceful spirit with you, and I just love that you're on the show. Um, I'm just curious, what is God doing in Zimbabwe? You know, I've, I'm learning things about what God is doing in Iran and different parts of the uh, other countries in the world, and I'm just curious, what is God doing in Zimbabwe? Is there a revival or anything? Um, I do know that there is a lot of 
prayer movements that are going on in Zimbabwe right now. Um, we are experiencing you know, some turbulence, like I said, with our government, but it's literally forced people to, to shut themselves in in prayer. Um, another thing that I know is happening is um, ministries are now collaborating in Zimbabwe. So gone are the days where one ministry would do one thing by itself and another. Um, and you're finding even in, in worship circles, worship leaders, pastors, people in different spheres in the church are coming together and are collaborating. Um, and things are happening in the clusters uh, in this season. Mm. So I believe that's the season that we're in, that you know, we are no longer in the season of just one personality um, and the spotlight just being on one person, but people are coming together and doing things together. Shiloh, I love that you're saying that because uh, I believe God, God blesses collaboration, that it's yeah. not just me over here and somebody else is over there. But uh, when, when Christians work together, that mm -hmm. unleashes the spirit of, and the power of God, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, because, you know, one of you can put a thousand to flight, but what, two can put 10,000 to flight, so, yeah. Amen, amen. Francine, that's a great question. And if you have a question, folks, the number is 719-619-2341. We, we've got a brief break coming up, and we've got questions coming in online. Um, Shiloh, somebody asked about the gift of prophecy. Tell us, what is the gift of prophecy and somebody, how, how might somebody know if they've got that? So uh, there is the gift of prophecy and then there's the office of a prophet um, where maybe God has called you to be a prophet, maybe at a governmental level or, uh, you know, on a church level. Because, you know, there are some prophets and I actually have prophets in my life that are called to um, to be governmental prophets where they go and they prophesy, you know, to heads of states or um, heads of nations or government officials, or they prophesy over nations. Um, you know, God calls them on those kinds of assignments. Um, but then you also have, um, you know, people that are called to be prophets in their local church, where there are certain things that they pick up, you know, that are on the heart of God. For, for the church and not just their local church, but just churches, you know, in general, whether it's churches in America. Um, and then um, I believe that there are prophets that are also called to the marketplace, you know, that you are called by God to um, to bring revival to the marketplace and to yes. lead, you know, people that wouldn't, would never step into a church um, that you have that opportunity to lead them to Christ simply because Hold that you're thought. Forgive me, Shiloh. We've got a break. Stay tuned. We're going to come back after this, folks. Brief break okay. on Truth and Liberty. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. 
Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. What an exciting show, having a conversation with Shiloh Moyo. She's the author of The Floating Zoo, which I would encourage you to get, and her website, shilohester.com, spelled just like it sounds, shilohester.com. I want to pick back up on the conversation, Shiloh, before the break. We were talking about prophecy, because the Bible taught talks about that we, we are called to prophesy. Now, I know people think about, you know, Isaiah or Daniel or Jeremiah, the prophets who told the future. But when we tell the Word of God, and like you say, in government and in culture and to those around us, I mean, every Christian is a prophet, at least in this sense of telling God's truth to people all around the Lord puts in our path. And so um, this thing, just like we were talking about, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit, folks. Don't be afraid of the word prophesy because it's, it's telling God's truth, isn't it? Um, absolutely. Because sometimes, you know, God can give you a prophetic word or a, like oh, yeah. a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom um, that can help somebody, but also in the moment minister to them. Um, I, you know, I recall times in my life where God has um, given me a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge for somebody, yes. but that, that person was able to come to Christ as a result because they were like, oh my gosh, how did you know? <laughs> I don't even know you, but how did you know that information? You know, but yes. I only knew because the Lord revealed it to me and God loves that person enough, you know, to reveal those details because he has a plan and purpose for their life. Uh, isn't it surprising, but it's really a blessing when God gives you a word and you share it with somebody in obedience and then they'll say, how in the world could you have known that? I mean, I've had that happen quite a number of times in my own life. Um, how is there anything that a, a Christian can do to more consistently hear the Holy Spirit? Uh, definitely just getting into the Word of God and loving His Word, reverencing the Word of God. Um, because as you know, in the world, there's also, you know, the spirit of divination that's operating and there are mm. false prophets that are out there. Um, so, you know, you want, when you're ministering, you want it to be pure and to come, you know, obviously from, from the Lord, that He should be your source. So definitely studying the Word of God and spending time in His presence you know, because God doesn't, um, you know, he, he loves all of us, but he doesn't share his secrets with all of us. 
Well, and you know, Shiloh, I think about James 1 verse 5 that says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them mm -hmm. ask of God who gives abundantly and does not withhold. This is a beautiful thing, and I, I really depend on this. If we seek wisdom from God, He's promised mm -hmm. to give us wisdom. I mean, isn't yeah. that a great promise? It is. It's an amazing promise. And knowing that God can trust you with, with wisdom, you know, that he can trust you with the information that he imparts to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth is a subscriber. Uh, first of all, Elizabeth, I want to say thank you for being a subscriber to Truth and Liberty. And thank you for calling in with our very special guest, Shiloh Moyo. What, what's your question or comment, Elizabeth? Well, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going back a little ways, and then also I missed out on a lot of this conversation, which is so good on the prophecy. But um, my, I just wanted to share an experience to encourage people, because I am a people lover, but I am also an animal lover. I love animals very, very much. Amen. And, uh, one of my experiences that I wanted to share, my daughter and I, had a baby goat. We raised goats, and we had this little baby goat that was very sick, and we nursed her and nursed her and nursed her for four weeks um, very tenderly, and she loved us very much, and um, and then she died, and we were, mm. our hearts were just broken, and one day I was talking to the Lord, and I was asking him a lot of questions, and when I got all done, he said, is there anything else? that you want to ask. And I, I said, well, I hate to ask this, but I just need to know, is Alicia in heaven? Mm. And um, when I asked him that, the heavens opened up, and I had a vision that was just an open vision of my little goat, our little goat, looking at me. Now, she could not walk. We had to carry her around and put her in a sling and that kind of thing. But she was looking at me from heaven, and she had like a smile, which sounds silly, but animals do smile. But oh yeah, she jumped up in the air, and she spun around like goats do, and she took off running down the streets of gold, just hopping and running. And my heart, I've just never... Um, changed my vision. You know, I always think of that. And then just one more thing. Uh, I know of a testimony of, of this one gentleman who died and went to heaven, and I think he was there for 45 minutes. He said there was animals in heaven, and what he learned while he was there, because there are animals in heaven. Oh, yes. And he said that animals go to heaven if their owners love them, which I think there's wild animals too, but um, it's, you know, like our pets, I believe they're going to be in heaven because I have dogs and horses in heaven. And um, I just, and what he clarified was, if you love them, they will be there. And I believe that. I believe they're there waiting for us. Do you, do you know what, Elizabeth, now I realize, let me preface this now. Hang on, Elizabeth. What I'm about to say and the next few moments of this broadcast, some people are going to find controversial, perhaps. And I understand that. Um, and look, the plan of salvation 
Jesus came to seek and to save sinners. But the Bible also says that he is restoring all things. And Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. And, and I really do believe, Shiloh, that heaven is going to be like Eden restored. No more curse. And it does say that the lion will lie down with the lamb. It says that the, the, the nursing child will safely play by the adder's den. People say, will there be animals in heaven? Well, I know at least one, a white horse, because the Lord comes back on a white horse. Now, we're going to get in just a moment, hang with me, but let me just say this, Elizabeth. You, you said that the pets would be in heaven if the owners loved them. Let me tell you who else said that. One of the most brilliant thinkers ever, C.S. Lewis. Because C.S. Lewis connected the personality of the pets with the personality of the owner. And C.S. Lewis, and I, I realize, folks, this is deep in the weeds. I realize this. So just hang with me. And I, I know this is somewhat speculative. And what we know, the tomb is empty and Christ is risen. We know that. But l let me just chase this rabbit for a moment. C.S. Lewis, and he was brilliant, and he did not take this subject lightly. I mean, the, the a question of animals in heaven and our, our pets in heaven. Lewis didn't approach this subject flippantly. He was utterly serious as a scholar. But he was struck by the fact that Martin Luther believed his dog would be in heaven. In fact, Luther, the great reformer, you know, um, who preached uh, salvation by faith and the Reformation happened. And we're riding on the ripple effect of the life of Martin Luther in, in many ways. But Luther believed that in the resurrection, that the animals that had personality, and believe me, dogs, cats, and many animals have personality. C.S. Lewis was moved by Luther's belief in this, and he began to understand or he taught that, look, we are in Christ and our life is in Christ. Well, our pets that are the, the domesticated ones have life and personality, and really their identity is in us. Just as our identity is in Jesus, very, very much so our animal's identity is in their relationship with us. And Lewis believed, he said, I'm at least open to the idea that they'll be in heaven on that basis. Now, Elizabeth, I don't mean to get off track. Hold that thought. I want to get Shiloh's take on this. Shiloh, I know you and I have never met, although I, I really feel like we have a kindred spirit here. Your take on animals in heaven, what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, or do we know? I think definitely there will be animals in heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like I said, if the, you know, the Bible talks about the white horse, um, and I was even thinking about, um, was it the story of Balaam or Balak with the donkey? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, just looking at- And he at, could talk. And he could talk, yeah. So even in that, um, I really believe that there are a lot of things that you know, we're going to see in heaven that are just going to completely blow us away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I really believe that we will see animals in heaven. Um, you know, I know we talked about the flowers that, that are dancing and singing yeah. in heaven. 
you know, if, if there are those kinds of things, then, you know, we only see in part, but then we shall see fully. And I don't think we can fully comprehend, you know, all of the beautiful things that we're going to see. Amen. Um, and, you know, all sorrow will be wiped away in heaven. So yeah. I believe there are many things that we might feel like we have lost. And because um, I know uh, people that have had dreams where they lost a loved one and um, they had a dream about them in heaven, but then their body was, you know, when they passed away, their body was frail. They had had multiple surgeries, but in heaven, it's like they had a new body, like a young Amen. 25 year old's body. So, yeah. Restored. Well, and, and let me say this folks. And uh, before I wrap up this, Elizabeth, you have another uh, uh, contribution. Do you have some, a comment, Elizabeth? Elizabeth, are you there? Yes, I can you hear me? Yeah, now now I can. Did, did did you want to comment? But what your idea is is basically the same as C.S. Lewis's vision. But uh, comment if you would. Well, I just um, as I said, that vision that I had from the Lord was an open vision, and it was during a very intimate time that He had been asking me you know, questions and answer, and helping me answer them during a very crisis time. And he was answering them very clear and leading and guiding me. And then at the very end, this open vision of my golden heaven, which has brought me a lot of comfort because then as I lose a pet, it's comforting to know that I'm going to see them again. So um, I, I don't know that I can, I mean, I know some other stories, but I'm not going to share all of them because it's right. too lengthy, but that is, uh, I feel very strongly. I would, I don't doubt that our pets are going to be in heaven along with other animals. And I believe we're going to be able to walk with the lions and tigers and pet them and lay down with them and talk. Yes. Yeah. The, the enmity between man and certain animals, the, the predatory animals, that'll be gone. Um, you know, um, l let me just say this, folks, and address an objection that I can almost hear some people saying. They'll say, well, an animal can't pray the sinner's prayer. An animal can't pray and ask Jesus into their heart. Well, an animal doesn't have to. Uh, an animal is not guilty of moral sin. Now, animals do things instinctively, uh, but animals don't have, you know, we Christians, I mean, we humans, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24, we are body, soul, and spirit. And we have a, a moral conscience. And then we have the, the guilt of Adam and Eve. By the way, this is a very important part of salvation. Romans 4 says, if we are a believer, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. But we needed salvation because the unrighteousness of Adam is imputed to us. We inherit the guilt of Adam and Eve, but then we do sinful things. But see, an animal wouldn't have to, quote, accept Christ because they're not guilty of sin. Now, they've been the victims of the repercussions of the fall, but God will restore all things. One, one last um, issue on this subject. Um, uh, Shiloh, you know, God is an artist. 
Psalm 19 says, the heavens and earth bear witness to the glory of God. And I think about God just didn't make uh, animals in like some base utilitarian sense. Our God made butterflies, bunny rabbits, giraffes, puppy dogs, kittens, lions, elk, moose, whales, fish, the largest animal in the world. Whales can grow up to 100 feet long. And then there is a teacup chihuahua, a little, you know, that weighs a few ounces. One of the reasons that I think um, in the, the, the universe restored and animals will be there because I see the artistry of God in animals, don't you? I mean, yeah. animals are endlessly fascinating and beautiful. And why wouldn't the great creator and artist, our redeemer Jesus, include some of his most beautiful creations in the new heavens and new earth? Don't you think so? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and it talks about how he feeds, you know, he feeds the some of the animals. Um, the birds the of the field? Birds, yeah, yeah. And he clothes the lilies. So he cares about everything. I mean, being an artist, I'm an artist, I'm a painter as well. And I mean, I would care about, you know, if I created something and then somebody comes and they tear it apart, I would be pretty upset about it. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. The number is 719-619-2341. By the way, folks, I want to remind you, stay tuned. Okay. Uh, this show is going to wrap in about 10 minutes, but Andrew Womack, the founder of Keras, he is in Washington tonight to get an award. Uh, Well-deserved, I would say. And listen to this. The National Association of Christian Lawmakers, their annual gala is taking place at the Museum of the Bible, like even as we speak. And there are going to be two award recipients. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson is going to receive uh, the Patriot Award. But Andrew Womack, founder of Keras Bible College, Andrew Womack Ministries, Truth and Liberty, he is going to get the George. George Washington Lifetime Christian Leadership Award. And you can watch this. The stream will be right here on truthandliberty.net as soon as we wrap up in just a few brief moments. So stay tuned and let's all rejoice together and thank God and give God the praise as Andrew Womack gets this highly esteemed award tonight uh, just after Truth and Liberty uh, goes off. But um, Shiloh, I wanted to ask you this. Let's talk a little bit about Grow and Glow. Tell me about this ministry. Sure. So um, it was in the middle of COVID and I actually had COVID at the time and I wasn't feeling well and I'd lost my voice. And, um, you know, I was just in a time of prayer and I just lay prostrate on the carpet and I was like, Lord, I, I asked the you know, that question where you say, God, um, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, you know. And the Lord just said to me, I want you to, um, I want you to have an event uh, with women. Um, and it's going to be like a gathering of intercessors. So we did the conference and it was my first virtual conference. And it ended up turning into, you know, a women's ministry. And we were expecting maybe, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe 20, 25, 30 people to attend. We ended up having more than 300 women. Um, Amen. Yeah. So 
Um, so from there, you know, the ministry was birthed and, um, you know, we've been doing women's ministry online, digitally, um, and also ministering to young, you know, young, young women. Uh, I really believe that we're filling in a gap where, uh, you know, young women can know that, hey, it's cool to pray, you know, it's cool yeah. to see the face of God. So, yeah. Yeah. That that is great. That is really great. Um, do you have some plans in 2024 for Grow and Glow? Absolutely. We want to have a another conference. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to see if we can do one in person. It would be nice if we can, you know, gather and 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 just uh, have worship nights and prayer together. And we definitely want to do things on campuses as well. So yeah. Wow, that's very much needed. Now, is the best uh, online portal for them to go to your website, shilohester.com? So, yes, you can find us there. And we're also on Instagram, um, at, and it's at grow and grow, I mean, grow and glow life.com. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the handle is at grow and glow life, and it's on Instagram. Okay. Uh, and then we're uh, also we've, on YouTube. <laughs> oh, on YouTube. Oh, great, great. Um, we've got an online question. Somebody writes this. Have you seen any kind of darkness present in Africa that you do not see in the U.S.? Oh, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of heightened spiritual activity in Africa, um, especially witchcraft. Mm. Um, yeah, like I had a many years ago, uh, geez, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences, but one that comes to mind was, um, it was a house uh, that, that I was in, and there was a night where we heard, it was like a stampede in the ceiling. Um, mm. And I mean, it sounded like, you know, huge animals that were running, but there was nothing in the in the roof, like the roof was empty. And I remember there were people that came in and checked the roof and they didn't find anything. And then the following night, it happened again. It was like a stampede and it went like, it was a big house, like across the house. And then on the third day, um, the entire ceiling in one of the rooms collapsed. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's just one of, Yeah. I, I can tell you many, uh, like many stories. Um, but yeah, we definitely have a lot of spiritual activity in, in Africa and part of it is witchcraft. Yeah. Um, witchcraft is, uh, we joke about how like witchcraft here in America is, it's kind of like middle school level, um, uh -huh. but in Africa, <laughs> it's like PhD level, you know, oh, wow. because uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was going to ask you, the, the, the Bible says not to give Satan a foothold. Yes. What, what does that mean? Um, I think not giving him room to, to, you know, because he's a deceiver, he's a liar, um, you know, and we are he here to preach the truth and to share Christ and to shine the light. Um, so not giving him a foothold is, you know, not giving him any opportunity to, to lie, um, and to impose his dark agenda on, you know, on, on, on where light is supposed to shine. So, yeah. are, are there things in the life of an individual Christian, let's say somebody is a born again believer, but there are areas of their life that they know they need to repent from, 
but they haven't done that. Does that on some spiritual level give Satan an open door to, um, you know, oppress the believer? Yes, I think a big one is unforgiveness. Mm, uh, preach. Uh, yeah, unforgiveness is big. Um, and unforgiveness, it doesn't make the other person right. Um, and it's kind of like when you don't forgive, it's like uh, you drinking poison and then you expect the other person to die. Um, mm. So, yeah, unforgiveness is a big one, you know, because it, if you don't is. forgive, God cannot forgive you. Um, so I feel like it's also a blockage to answered prayer. Um, Sister, you know. preach. preach. Yeah. Shiloh, you, you're, you're preaching something that needs to be said because uh, as a pastor and then traveling, you know, we, we often think about those very bold sins of, you know, immorality or drugs or, or even lying or something like that. But I have seen more Christians just destroyed because of holding a grudge, unforgiveness. And I'm telling you, these kinds of things, it will obstruct the free flow of the Holy Spirit in our life. A a am I right? Yes. I mean, it, it erodes, it erodes the presence of God in your life. And if you know, like how erosion works, like if you're in farming, you live, you grew up on a farm, so you know, yeah. um, you know what it does to the soil. Um, yeah, so when you walk in unforgiveness, it just, um, it repels <laughs> certain things from your life, um, yeah. but it also, it's an invitation party for demons to, you know, <laughs> to come and hang out, you know, so, yeah. Um, I, I feel like, and uh, you know, this is, this is getting good. We need to converse again. I feel like America, and I love this nation, but we're a demonized nation. There, there are things in America that are just demonic at this point. Now, we, the born again believers, we can pray, we can intercede in the name of Jesus and by the power of God, there can be deliverance, but help people understand this is not just, you know, uh, spiritual talk or theoretical, um, demons are real. Demons are, are active. Um, speak to that if you would, Shiloh. Uh, yes. So like when you, you know, you have open door through unconfessed sin, um, you know, and also then there's generational iniquity, things maybe passed on in your bloodline that you haven't been delivered from. Um, and then, you know, there's the issue, like I said, of bitterness, unforgiveness, anger issues, anger gives way, um, you know, unforgiveness and anger are, they're, they're besties. <laughs> mm. oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of things that then also um, just unrepentance, um, you know, not willing to listen to God like rebellion, um, because yeah. the Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Um, yeah. Rebellion can manifest in, in many ways. Um, so yeah. And, and unbelief. Yes. The, the Bible unbelief. talks about a hardened heart of unbelief. Mm. Uh, we're to trust God and believe God. By the way, folks, let me just say this. We have a number for prayer 
and we just want to help you. We want to encourage you. We want, we want to help you be all that you can be in the Lord Jesus who loves you so. And that number is 719-635-1111. And you can talk to somebody, pray with somebody. Um, you are not defeated, my dear friend. You have victory in Jesus, but you have to come to Jesus. And that victory and that deliverance and that favor and that blessing and that liberty and that joy can be yours. Shiloh, uh, it's for everybody, isn't it? Yes, it is. Because, um, you know, Jesus came to set all of us free, um, you know, and he died for all of us. He didn't die for a select few. Mm. Uh, he paid the price on the cross for all of us. So, yeah. Amen. 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 So uh, we're almost out of time, but uh, uh, how can we be praying for you? Um, just for, for God to use me um, to do his work and his will um, and for my heart to remain pure. Um, Amen. Especially about the things of God. Yeah. And your book, uh, The Floating Zoo, what, ideally what age group is that book for? Um, so anywhere from two to seven years mm -hmm. old, uh, actually tested it on more than a hundred kids. So wow. that age group, you know, they, they loved it. I had some giggles and, <laughs> mm. uh, and then it comes with the audio as well. So you can yeah. actually hear me reading it to you. It has a little QR code at the beginning. Sure. Well, I know that would make a great Christmas gift and that would be a great thing to give a child that, um, they can read it together with their parents or it'll impart biblical principles to them. Well, I want to uh, thank you, Shiloh. And again, folks, when we um, pull off here in just a moment, we're going to go to Washington to see Andrew get this award at the, uh, the, the George Washington Lifetime Christian Leadership Award, the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. And so you don't want to miss that. But in the meantime, Shiloh, I want to say thank you for your time. Thanks for being with us. But most importantly, thank you for what you're doing for the kingdom. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor um, just to sit and learn. I felt like this was a moment for me to learn. Um, oh, well. I, I, and I as well. Uh, will you be spending Christmas there in Minnesota? I sure will uh, in the trenches of snow, unless I decide to come down south to Texas. <laughs> uh, well, well, on behalf of, of our amazing staff and crew, we have a wonderful team that puts this on every night, Truth and Liberty. We wish you and your family a very wonderful, joyous, Jesus-filled Christmas. And folks, this is Alex McFarland. We've got some incredible programming coming up in the month of December. Dwayne Sheriff, I believe, will be on tomorrow night. You don't want to miss it. Tell somebody about Truth and Liberty. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. And folks, th these intercessors that Shiloh is talking about, that we need to be praying for each other, praying for our nation, praying for our families, praying for our churches, the full power of God at work, you can be a part of that. So be everything God wants you to be. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. 
Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty 